Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. Doc G, what is up, sir? Nothing much, man. Are you are you living summer life? Are you there? I'm living I'm living my summer life despite the fact that I am wearing a sweater. It is a, still a little bit chilly out here oh. in the desert, Doc G, but it's I don't uh, like that. It's feel, it's starting to warm I don't up. Don't like yeah. that. Well, you know, give it give it until July and then it'll be roasting <laughs> your off. So, you know. Oh yeah, then you have to stay inside because it's too hot. You know, you get that yeah, oven like you get that you get that oven feel that we've talked about. Mm. Talk about when you were first on the yeah. show. That's where the Furnicus came from in the the introduction, yeah. right there. Yeah, the that the place <laughs> in Death Valley. I don't want to go there. Yeah, pass. The fir- yeah, Ugh, pass. no way. That is not for me. Yeah. Now, well, Mike, uh, did you have a big celebration this past weekend? Hmm. This past weekend, did I have a big celebration? Ah, yeah. uh, Doctor, I feel like you're alluding to something. Uh, should I be celebrating something? You should have. You should have been celebrating yeah. something. Uh, we actually celebrated it on the show right before you started co-hosting. Two years ago, we celebrated this. It's a big day, Naked Gardening Day. Oh, Naked Gardening Day. Yes. That's nice. Yes. The first nice. Saturday in May. You just get out there and garden it up with no clothes on. So true. That's... Mm-hmm. That's Naked Gardening Day, Mike. Now, okay, that sounds nice. I'm gonna say some people, Mike, it say it's not a trend. Nope, it's a lifestyle changing way of thinking about gardening. Yeah, mm. that's right. I I can certainly say, Mike, my twig and berries will never be the same. Huh? <laughs> never be the same. But Mike, that's not all I have to say about Naked Gardening Day. Of course. Of course, we need to know where we can naked garden, you know? That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I was like, I need to know where I can do this in confidence. I know where mm-hmm. I can naked garden with my with my full self. Yeah, should I, for sure. Should I be naked gardening in Jacksonville? Should that happen? Hmm. Should I Should I naked I mean... garden in Boise, Idaho? Will will somebody? I mean, might. will somebody confiscate my hoe if I'm gardening in Dallas? <laughs> what bushes can I trim in Memphis? These are all hmm. questions, Mike. Yeah. Luckily, I have some answers. Thank God. And I have some answers <laughs> from the statistical wizards. I'm sure you remember LawnStarter.com. Oh yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> Yes, listeners, if you don't remember LawnStarter.com, they're basically the blog version of the New York Times. That's a fact. It's basically (laughs) what they are, okay? Uh, And just a a note, Mike, they're not just giving us killer statistics on what are the best cities to naked garden. They've got other Mm -hmm. things. They've got things that are city-specific on how to care for our lawn. Mm. Janine Cayo, just a week ago, 
posted a blog titled Summer Lawn Care Tips for Jacksonville, Florida. Wow. Oh. Yeah. That's exactly Yeah, that's right, what Mike. You need. That's yeah. right. She covered irrigation, proper mowing techniques, lawn mm. disease, how to avoid fertilizer. What? My god. I bet that last one blew you away, Mike. Right? You didn't see how to avoid fertilizer. That's right. You didn't see yeah. that coming, did you? You didn't. No, I didn't. Janine just no blew your shit. Yeah. yeah. Woo! You need fertilizer. Yeah. Man. Anyways, Mike, Lawn Starter also focused on what cities to do naked gardening in. Hmm. Now, uh, of course, as we know, they did some outrageous work with statistics. They didn't just willy-nilly bring this up. Uh, specifically, here's what they said. They said, quote, researchers considered factors. I love how they said researchers. It's probably like two <laughs> dudes that are just like, what should we, should we, I don't know, like, how many times people look up naked gardening on Google? Yeah, that goes in there. All right, put that down. Like, there's no research. Come on, there's not researchers. Anyways, <laughs> they looked up factors such as city's population per 100,000 residents, sex, off sex offenders per 100,000 residents, mm. uh, local laws regarding public nudity, the severity of penalty for state public nudity violations, Toplessness, legality in the state, and average monthly Google searches for nudist and naked gardening, as well as the forecasted daytime temperatures between 65 and 85 degrees. Mm. Now, despite all this amazing statistical work, Mike, I do have some issues with their statistics. Um, first of all, their average monthly Google searches in different cities, it wasn't per person of the city. So all the all the biggest cities have the most Google searches. Girl, come on. Number one is New York. Number two is LA. Come on. Right. Come on, that's dumb. Come on. Yeah. Make it per person. Second, they didn't specify what type of sex offender. Did you notice that? They just said sex yeah, offender. Yeah, they just you know a broad yeah. I mean what if all your sex offenders are pedophiles? That doesn't influence naked gardening. Nope. You could argue that makes it better. They don't care what you're doing. They absolutely have no <laughs> interest in you whatsoever. So, like, you know, just saying. Needs to be more specific. Regardless, yeah. Mike, we're going we're gonna to breeze over the rest of their statistics for the sake of time. Let's move to the actual list. So, okay. here we go, Mike. What do you think number one city to do some naked gardening in? Hmm. I'm gonna go Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> the know. sooner yeah, state. I have no idea. Where's the Where's the most like just vast open? Uh, it's gonna know. throw you, Mike. I, I have just no idea. Louisiana, Miami, Miami, Miami nice. is oh, number that, that one. Sense. Which I, I I think you know. Let's be honest. I think it's I think it's for the the balmy weather. That's one big thing. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty big on nudity. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big Lots big of, fans of nudity in Miami. Lots of colonies. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the top 10, starting with uh, 10, Mike. Raleigh, North Carolina. Houston, Texas. Seattle, Washington. Pasadena, California. Orange, California. Los Angeles, California. Here's one you didn't see coming. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Huh? 
Atlanta, Georgia, Austin, Texas, and then number one, Miami, Florida. There you go. There's the top ten, Mike. There's the top. Now, obviously, super important to this show, where do you think Jacksonville is? Mm. Come on. It's got to be a top 20, right? Think? Uh, I mean, I'm letting I'm letting you steer this this bus, Mike. I'm gonna say 15. It's 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 it would be 15. Okay, a- am I? Okay, 15. You are absolutely wrong, Mike. It is 96. <laughs> 96. Come on, Mike. We only beat Milwaukee by one spot. Lame. They're not gardening. Come on. Milwaukee is 97, and we're 96. Wow. Boston beat us, Mike. Boston. Again. Boston is 85. What is that? What is that? <laughs> Mike, Las Vegas, where do you think you were? Hmm. Uh, very low. Hey, maybe, maybe. Okay, I'll say 55. Okay, you went a little too high, but you're still, you're still okay. higher than Jacksonville. Las Vegas, okay. 79. 79. Yeah. At least you guys are beating Boston. We don't even have soil. Here. Yeah. Like, there's, like, what are... Gardening cacti. You're just out yeah. there getting succulents on, you know? <laughs> no watering. Hey, guys, check just, out my uh, succulents. <laughs> I think there's some kind of sexual innuendo in that. <laughs> Take home message, Mike. Naked gardening is a lifestyle... And everybody in Jackson, Jacksonville needs to adopt the lifestyle. We are not doing mm-hmm. it right now, Mike. No. That's upsetting. It's very upsetting. Yeah, it is. You know? And I, I didn't want to bring down our summer party because of that. I didn't want to make people feel bad. I, so I'm sorry. But you just need to keep it on your mind, Jacksonville. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacksonvillians. Okay? Okay. So, Mike, yeah. are you ready to disperse our seed that is the Doc G Show? Wait, what? Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> disperse that seed. <laughs> All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Mike had second thoughts in the middle of that. Wait, ew, ew. I don't know if I want to disperse that seed or not. Let's water that seed. Mm. Yeah. going to watch it grow. Woo! Mike, we have a fantastic show. We have That's right. the fantastic rock group Ace Monroe. These fellas, they're a fun time. Yes. Just out of Nashville. They got new music. They, they've got a 70s vibe to them. You and me, we like the 70s. Why not? You we know? do. We do. You got the long hair. You got the aviators. You got the bell bottoms. You got the... Mm-hmm. The loose, groovy tunes. I dig it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. dig it. But first, Mike, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mike, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was a rough week last week. You had a yeah. half out of three. Jeez. It was mm-hmm. not strong. You got 28 and a half out of 51. 28 and a half out of 51. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start out with one here. I don't think you're going to get. Girl, come on. <laughs> but bonus, I do think you'll get the last two. 
Okay. So okay. so we can we can cover it up. This this first one. Uh, how confident do you feel in '90s rap? I feel pretty pretty confident. Okay. This is a bit. I mean. I don't know. It depends on who you talk to. If you talk to like okay. a rap aficionado, they'd be like, uh, this isn't a deep cut. That's a fact. But I feel like anybody that's not like an aficionado would be like, yeah, I don't I don't know that person. So I just love this the single he came out with. So that's why I pulled it. But I'm not okay. sure if you'll know it. So anyways. Born on May 10, 1970 in Bronx, New York, his family moved to Long Island at a young age where he grew up. When he was young, he became friends with the members of the hip-hop act EMPD hmm. and started rapping himself. Eventually went on tour with EMPD as a roadie. Eventually, Puff Daddy heard him rap and signed him to a deal with Bad Boy Records. A birthday suit wearer was the first artist to release music on Bad Boy. In 1994, he released his single, Flava in the Ear. Which had great lines like, <clears throat> 1,000 degrees, you'll be on your knees and you'll be burning, begging, please. Brother, freeze, this man's undisputed. In deep-rooted funk smoke that leaves your brains booted. This bad MC with stamina, like Bruce Jenner, the dinner, <laughs> the winner, tasting MCs for dinner. Word. Got it? No? Nothing? Maybe? Thanks, Sakji. Yeah. Ever heard no. of it? No, okay, I didn't think so. The no, remix no, no. to Flavor in the Ear was really the world's first introduction to Notorious B.I.G. and Busta Rhymes. But despite the success of the single, it was never, ever repeated. Nope. And Notorious B.I.G.'s success overshadowed our birthday suit wearers. He tried to break through the rap game several times, but without success. He disappeared from the rap world, and in 2012, uh, he surfaced in Waltersboro, uh, South Carolina where he was living in a Christian commune. Sadly, hmm. our birthday suit wearer passed away in 2018 due to heart failure. Name wow. that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Um, no idea. Hmm. Sad. Craig yeah. Mack. Craig Mack. Yeah, I actually cut that part out of the, uh, the, the lyrics. Craig Mack, 1,000 degree. That's it, man. That's it, Craig Mack. Craig Mack. First artist on Bad Boy. It was. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they thought he was going to be the, you know, the the big deal. And then then uh, Notorious B.I.G. comes out and just completely overshadows him. It's sort of one of yeah. those sad things. But that song's still a jam. That song's still a jam, Mike. That's a fact. I took a look. Uh, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to bring it up. I'll let you know how many, how many listens it's got on Spotify. You ready for this? I, I want to say yeah. it's like 30 million. No, I was completely wrong. 86 million. 86 million. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good song, man. Add it to your 90s rap list. Needs to be there. Okay. It's definitely a good one. It's definitely a good one. Uh, happy birthday to Craig Mack. Sadly, he would have, let's see, he would have been, uh, what would he have been? 53. Would have been 53. Sad. Anyways, Mike, you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, I got an interesting one from uh, Daytona Beach here. Uh, some folks were out uh, on a day of deep sea fishing. You ever been deep sea fishing, Mike? Yes, 
done it a couple times. How'd you like it? No, I didn't really enjoy it. No, did you uh, did you get seasick? <clears throat> uh, so the um, the first time I didn't enjoy it, Doc G. I'll t- I'll tell the listeners. I'll tell you. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. On get the in show, here, I man. A, uh, I have a phobia of peeing or fear of peeing in front of people. I don't like peeing in front of people. It has nothing to do with my size. It's just I don't like the the I don't like the idea of peeing in front of people. And I was that on a deep sense. sea fishing trip and i had to pee really bad and i had to get off the boat to do it like i had to go into the uh, water like jump that's in how the scared water. i am yeah and i was like that made it even more difficult because i was scared of getting like jelly okay. and then the second time yeah it just wasn't a good experience and the second time i went deep sea fishing i was so scared of getting seasick that i actually i didn't overdose on dramamine but i took like the most dramamine you could take and i was and i was out mike you and me simpatico <laughs> right there i <laughs> yeah. that that is my story mike so mine was not uh any issue with peeing the first time my issue was the seasickness went yeah. out there and uh we were just just wallowing in the surf you know <laughs> yeah and after like yeah. an hour i was like well it was more like 30 minutes i was like yeah i don't feel good <laughs> at all this is bad <laughs> And like like normal, I don't like to tell people when I have these afflictions, you know? It's just a mental thing in my head that I'm mm-hmm. like, don't worry, Ben, you'll totally overcome this. No need <laughs> to let anybody know. So, like, I'm just sitting there, like, stifling vomit Ew. for, like, 20 minutes and then finally just explodes off the side of the boat. And uh, my dad's <laughs> friend who owned the boat was just like, yep. Looks like you're a little seasick. And I was like, yes. That's a fact. Yes, yes, I am. And then I continued to throw up for the next, like, two hours until uh, uh. he took us in. And it was uh, it was rough. So then, the next year, we're going to do it again. But this time, me and my brother were like, not happened to us this time. We're, we're hitting up the Dramamine. And I hit up a double dose of Dramamine. <laughs> and let me tell you. Yeah, just like yourself, I barely made it onto the boat. Like, I was half asleep by the time we were on the boat, and I just crawled up to the top of the boat and passed out and literally was out for eight hours. Like, they're just out there fishing. All I remember was my dad coming up in the middle of the trip and just being like, yeah, you're going to get sunburned, going to put some suntan lotion on you. And he just sprayed like a whole bunch of sand, suntan lotion on me, and was like, "You should rub that in." And I was just like, Ugh. "What? Yeah, all right." And then just <laughs> passed right back out. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's rough, man. It's rough. You gotta. I am. Yes. I'm no sea captain. I am. No way. No dirty sea captain. I no. I would like to be, but I'm not. Yeah, it would be great. It looks fun. It does. You know, but. Yeah, I, I hear you get. I hear you get used to it pretty fast. But um, I definitely did not in those two times. That was not Me it. Neither. That was yeah. not it. Regardless, Mike. Now that we've told our stories of deep sea fishing, there were some folks that went DC deep sea failing. Yeah, deep sea failing <laughs> is what me and you did. These folks did not. They had quite a story to tell, Mike. They went out mm-hmm. there and they went with a sudden strike offshore adventures company they Mm. went out with uh when all of a sudden one of the rods on deck hooked a great white shark jeez yeah they got videos Mm. of this thing mike this is like i mean you know this is like a 13 footer 
This is like a big, big great white shark. Yeah. It pulled them around for two miles. Just yanked that boat around for two miles. And uh, they, uh, they, they did that for about two hours before they cut the line and decided, you know, let's, let's let this thing go. Uh, Captain Scott Housel said, all of a sudden, the shark hit one of the lines, and I'm not sure whether we caught him or he caught us. But we ended up going <laughs> for about a two-mile ride. And uh, I got to say, that would be a pretty wild story, Mike. be a pretty wild mm-hmm. story. But I could only think of the great white shark. Like, afterwards, you know? Like, I mean, obviously getting re- yanked around for two hours by your lip really sucks. That's a fact. But then even after they let you go, that seems like it'd be really annoying, too. Because that hook is stuck in your mouth. Yeah. It's like it's like having a really annoying piece of corn stuck in your teeth, except yeah. also painful. And like, next time he sees his shark friends, they're like, hey, you got something in your... Your teeth. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a hook. Yeah. I saw a delicious fish floating in the water, and I thought I'd eat it. Turns out there was a hook in it. <laughs> you know, like, just, uh, I don't know. I just I was, yeah. I was feeling a little bit for the majestic great white there, just a little bit. But let's be honest. I don't know if they're that smart. But anyways, Mike. Uh, I have feelings. So many feelings. So many shark feelings. <laughs> Uh, Mike, did you uh, do any senior pranks in high school? Um, hmm, no. Statue of Limitations is gone, Mike. Don't worry. You you can say if you did. Yeah, I was just trying to think, but no, my high school, uh, my high school uh, career was very uh, boring. I, I <laughs> honestly really can't remember, Mike. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. I just think they were really stupid. And I was like, I can't co-sign these. Nope. I can't be a part mm-hmm. of these these stupid pranks. Um, but a dude in Texas, he had a pretty outrageous prank. He did a pretty outrageous mm. prank last week that left six classmates hospitalized. Oh. Jeez. Now, with all the crazy stuff that's been going on in schools, you're, you're probably pretty concerned this could be something horrible. Uh, don't worry. It's not. Especially in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry. It's not. It's actually just stupid. So, okay. it all started last week on Wednesday when the smell of gas was reported. Hmm. The fire and rescue squad was called in and students were evacuated. When the fire and rescue uh, scoured the school, they couldn't find any signs of leaks. So, the next, uh, the next day brought students back. They were like, all right, well... I don't know where it's coming from, but it's not the actual gas line, so nope. you're good. But the smell was still there. And as a result, six students were hospitalized with severe headaches. And eight mm. others were feeling extremely ill and had to go home. Mm. It wasn't until Friday that a student admitted that he had used Heinzgott fart spray as a joke. Wait, what? Hmm. The smell came from an online purchase, Heinzgott Fart Spray. Extremely concentrated fart spray. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. He sprayed it as a joke to make it smell like a fart. And Mike, he made the whole school 
smell like a fart. That's a fact. Wow. That's wild, man. Now. I can't believe, uh, yeah. School administrators are theorizing, Mike, as they said in the news story, this student didn't act alone. Wait, what? This was not, this was not a lone fart sprayer. There were multiple people that are on, in on this. And they're going to get to the bottom of it, Mike. They oh, are going to get to the bottom of it. But I got to say, Mike, that is the most powerful fart spray I have ever heard of. Did you ever yeah. <laughs> did you ever get down on some uh, on some stink bombs or some fart spray? No, Doc G, we had whoopee cushions, okay? <laughs> and those were funny. Those were how we did our fart pranks. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's a much uh, less harmful uh, uh, fart joke right there. I'll give you that. But uh, I did purchase some, uh, some, some fart smells. Mainly, really? thank you to Spencer's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spencer's, Spencer's store, as always, you can always... That's where I got my whoopee cushions. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mike, this is a little story relating to you. Uh, you'll see the indirect relation here at the end of the story. Uh, Lucia For Forest is a uh, woman who has been scraping by for the last several years in California. She was uh, homeless just a mere six years ago. Uh, and, uh, just recently she was going to Walmart for an oil change while she was at Walmart. She decided to buy a lottery scratch off ticket. That's right. She scratched the ticket and she saw she had won. When she looked down, she thought she had first just won another ticket, but then she had realized, no, nope, not another ticket. Five million dollars. What? Yeah. Yeah. On a scratch-off? On a scratch-off. It's one of those big deal scratch-offs. I'm guessing wow. she had to pay like 10 bucks for the scratch-off or some yeah. crazy crap like that. Um, Mike, she is obviously extremely happy. She said, uh, quote, being homeless just six years ago, I never thought this would happen to someone like me. Now get ready, Mike. This is the part that comes in with you. Uh, she plans later this year to get married and earn her associate's degree. <laughs> yes, Mike. Uh, so funny. Yes. I mean, now, Mike, uh, uh, you being a, an associate degree holder, <laughs> would would you tell her, like, uh, maybe go for the four years since she's got uh, $5 million, or are you going to tell her no? Associates is where it's at. Start with the associate, so okay. that way you can, you know, Stair maybe... step it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Save a little bit of money just in case like you change it. your mind. <laughs> I like it. I like it, Mike. Being practical, even though she won the lottery. And good advice. Good advice. Uh, Dr. I, just... I was, I was, I'm sorry, I was waiting for the uh, indirect... Real, uh, like connection there like throughout the whole story I was like is it me dating homeless women is it me gambling what is the uh... associate's degree <laughs> associate's degree associate's Mike. degree you know I mean I, I I honestly when I read this story and and I got to that part I was just like really <clears throat> I'm not putting down an associate's degree but like that's the first thing that came to your mind after you won this was just like <laughs> Now I can get that associate's degree I've been Finally. waiting on. Like, all right. Um, Mike, a weird one out of uh, Nashville. Unnamed man, 
got a room at the 4th Avenue South Hilton Hotel. Sounds nice. It's a Hilton. Pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was at the uh, end of March. Sometime that night, he called the front desk to uh, ask if someone could fix his TV. Had an issue with TV. Hmm. And a guy did come and fix the TV. And that was the manager of the hotel. Later that night, the man wakes up at 5 a.m. to see the same manager in his room sucking his toes. Mmm. It's hot. What? (laughs) (laughs) The man told the police... He woke up to the manager's, and this is how it's said in the story, the manager's mouth around his toes Ew. and immediately confronted him, which I got to say, I would find it hard not to do anything else than confront him if <laughs> he's got his mouth on your toes. Either that or kick him in the face, one of the two. Or just um, sit back and relax, Doc G. That's right. This is right. This feels right, everybody. This is good. Uh, the disgusting. manager, Mike, admitted to police that he entered the room, but claimed he did so because he smelled smoke and wanted mm. to make sure the guest was okay. <laughs> now, there's a good manager. Am I right, Mike? Yeah. I mean, just doing this. First thing they teach you as an emergency responder, if you smell smoke, get low, touch the doorknob to see if it's hot, and suck someone's toes. Ew. It's really it's doing his uh, job right, everybody. Hilarious. Doing it right. Um, Doc G, I saw the uh, I saw the mugshot of that guy. By the way, I did see that story, nice. and uh, you know what? I'll be honest. He looks like he would do it again, and he looks like he doesn't regret it at all. <laughs> he didn't seem too upset about it. He, he seemed no. he seemed more upset about getting caught than the t- the toe sucking. I'll be honest. Hilarious. But uh, Mike, we got a quick headline from uh, USA Today. Quote: Woman survives five days in Australian bush. Living off of wine and lollipops. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Which, I gotta be honest, just the way they they wrote that really brought down the severity of the story. It also made me question the essentials that she brought on her trip. <laughs> well, I'm going out into the wilderness. I better pack everything we need. Let's see, I've got... Uh, Got the lollipops and uh, got my wine. So, yeah, I think that's it. Anything else? <laughs> that's uh, it. Should be good. Don't see anything else I would need here. That's uh, I don't know, Mike. That's better planning next time. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's I, like she got drunk before she uh, went on this trip. <laughs> I, I guess it was good enough planning, though. I mean, she survived, so she did. You know, can't can't knock that. Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest. This is Ace Monroe with Gospel right here on the Doc G Show.
Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, please Mm -hmm. subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a cost-effective way to support the show. And listeners, if you're feeling extra generous, Leave us a five-star review. We love the reviews. We love comments, so leave a comment, too. We cherish all of these things from the listeners. The five-star listeners. We do. 
the four star listeners. Uh, nothing below that, though. We don't cherish any of you. Mm-hmm. Huh? If you're not doing no. it semi-regularly or regularly, then screw you! Jeez. Now, we yeah. we actually need you, so... You, yeah, no, the, no, you're no. The, Come back. You're the people that... Uh, don't leave. You turn into four- and five-star <laughs> listeners, so we need you to continue to do that. And, Mike, we need to thank those mm-hmm. five- and four-star listeners first for the five-stars. Here we go. We the regulars. Shout-out... Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, and Baton Rouge, South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Mother effort. <laughs> I was on the last state, Mike. Blam. Last state, I'm sorry. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I have no idea why I said South Carolina. I tripped it up, Mike. I had a perfect execution until right then. <laughs> God. Sorry, everybody. Man, that that is upsetting, Mike. We had it perfect there, and I just screwed it up. Anyways. Thank, no, it's lovely. Thanks to all the regular listeners. We appreciate it. And of course the new we do. the newbies. Of course all the newbies and the regulars Thank and you. the old timers. I mean the Piracai mm-hmm. Brazils, the Dublin Irelands, the the Anoka Minnesotas, the Columbia South Carolinas. You've been there. You've been there for the yeah. longest. And we thank you for it. Thank you. We, thank we you. do. Um okay. You know what? I just realized. Hmm. Nope. Okay. Okay. I thought there was one that I missed in that that semi uh, that regular list, but it's there. Okay. Nope. Anyways, Mike, need to move on to our four star listeners. Here we go. Uh, shout out to Kerry, uh, North Carolina. Shout out to uh, Henderson, Nevada. Shout out. Shout out to mm-hmm. uh, Brea, California. Shout out to Chicago, Illinois, home of Jay's Chips. I think we all know about that. Get, yep. Get down on Jay's chips. Shout out to Strasbourg, uh, France. Shout out to Charlotte, North Carolina, Queen City. Shout oh, nice. out. Shout out to Wooden, Australia. Shout out to Lubbock, Texas. Shout out to uh, Alamo Gordo, New Mexico. I'm guessing would be the name. Uh, shout out to Denver, Colorado. And shout out to San Pablo City, Philippines. There we go. Mm. There we go. Nice. Semi-regulars, Mike. Semi-regulars, also known as the four-star listeners. So true. Okay, Mike. I got one story. Uh, Let's take it back to your associate's degree. Um, Yeah. Mike, with your associate's degree, you, you got that right after high school, right? Yeah, Doc G. So I actually just literally learned this before the show. So I looked at my associate's degree this morning. My girlfriend hung up my associate's degree. I graduated in December 2010. I started going to college in 2004, January. Six year uh, <laughs> associates. Yeah. 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 Anyways, Doc G. I'm sorry. What was your original question? I, I did get it right. Uh, I took a year off after high school. Pace yeah, yourself. About a year. I off. like yeah. it. I, I wanted to, yeah. Pace yourself. You know, a class. I wanted a to, semester. you know, explore my. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to explore my lifeguarding career before I uh, just jumped Hell into college. Yeah, man. <laughs> there. You, did you know there's a there's a movie from the 70s called like Lifeguard, 
um, mm-hmm. with Sam Elliott. Oh, yeah. Uh, my brother hmm. was telling me about it the other day, and I got to check this thing out because, first of all, I love the 70s. Second mm-hmm. of all, I love Sam Elliott, mainly because of his mustache. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at pictures right now from the movie, and it looks super 70s. Uh, and, yeah. and it's, it's about just uh, apparently... A dude that's being like a full-time lifeguard. I got to get down on this thing. And that could have been you, Mike. You could have been Sam Elliott. So I don't fault you for exploring your career choices as a (laughs) lifeguard whatsoever. But regardless, Mike, I wanted to ask you if you did go directly to college. Because I wanted to ask you if you tried um, applying to multiple schools or not. Hmm... No, I only applied to a community college. Okay, just one. That was it. Just one. Just one. Got the acceptance letter. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Well, uh, (laughs) Dennis Malik Barnes, Dennis Malik Barnes from uh, New Orleans, uh, he apparently wanted to have options. He was Mm. looking for a couple of options. And uh, this spring, well, I guess actually fall, he started, uh, he decided to apply to schools. And he applied to 180. Five schools. Jeez. It's a lot, nice. Mike. I don't know if you're familiar, yeah. but that's a lot. Yeah, you have to write like letters for each one of them, yeah. right? Or like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Five, yeah. He said he didn't set out to apply to so many schools, it just sort of happened. Hmm. He said, I knew that I wanted to go to college, so I just kept applying. There was no goal or intent to apply to a certain number of schools or to get X amount of scholarship money. Ultimately, Dennis did get accepted to most of these schools, and he decided to go to Cornell. That's where he's going. Nice. That's a good school. Yeah. I I, I just got to say, though, from this story, Mike, if I were the advisors at that school, after like 10 applications, I would have been like, you're good, man. So true. Pump the brakes. That's it. Let's go with 10. <laughs> you can choose from 10. 180? Yeah. You don't need to try to choose from 180. That's way too many. Good Lord. I don't need... Yeah. When I'm trying to choose what I want to eat for dinner, you think I want 180 choices? Nope. I'd be there all night <laughs> trying to choose what I want to eat, man. No way. Let's go 10. That'd just be me being lazy. Anyways, Mike, yeah. before we go to break... Let's uh, let's do a, a birthday suit here. Okay. Uh, so what do you want? Do you want the uh, famous uh, singer or the famous uh, comedian slash actor? Let's go with the singer. Okay. You'll get this one. I'm confident. Okay. Born on May 10th, 1960 in Dublin, Ireland with the birth name Paul David Hewson. Our birthday suit wearer grew up loving music. When he was 16, he joined a band with Larry Mullen Jr., David Evans, and Adam Clayton. They initially called themselves Feedback, but then changed their name to The Hype. Finally, two years after forming, they changed their name to U2. Our birthday suit wearer was the lead singer. They released their first album in 1980 with Boy. But it wasn't until their album War in 1983 that they started seeing international success with songs like Sunday, Bloody Sunday. In 1986, they released their super successful album Joshua Tree, which went on to number one in 20 countries. 
and hit and had hit singles like With or Without You, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, and Where the Streets Have No Names. Eventually, the album won two Grammys. They had massive follow-up albums like Achung Baby and Elevation. They performed the Super Bowl halftime show in 2002. They released the uh, huge album How to Dismantle a Bomb in 2004. Overall, the band has sold over 200 million albums worldwide. They've sold more than a billion dollars worth of tickets for their shows, and they've won 22 Grammys. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and this past year they were given Kennedy Center honors. Our birthday suit Mm. wear also released an autobiography this past year. Name that birthday suit wearer. Bono. Bono is correct. There it is. Woo! Yes. Bono. Turning turning 63, Mike. Bono. Hmm. 63. Nice. You know? Yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm guessing you don't know where the name Bono came from. No idea. Uh, apparently, there was a hearing aid store, like, near his, uh, his house, and, like, his group of friends just loved to come up with nicknames, and they started calling him Bono Vox because of the name of the hearing aid uh, uh, at that store. And mm. but what it means is good voice. That's the name. Mm. That's that's the translation for Bono Vox. So once he heard that, he was like, "Oh, that's cool. I'll keep it." And from then on, people just called him Bono. There you go. Hmm. Yeah, wild. Nice. Let's talk about a nickname that stuck, man. I always like those. You know, I, I've told. I, I'm pretty positive. I've I've told it before on the show. But like, That's a fact. I I am very proud of the couple of times that I've given somebody a nickname and then it basically turned into their actual name, and like, yeah, that's all they go by. Like there was this guy in school that transferred to our school in ninth grade. He was a year below me, and his actual name was Scott. I didn't know his Scott. His name was Scott. Uh, we were playing basketball, and I came up with the nickname for him, Rusty Pete. There was some uh, you know, gratuitous, vulgar reasons that his name was Rusty Pete. Word. Uh, but that just stuck. And he literally became Rusty. And no one in the school knew him other than Rusty. And it wasn't like hmm. it was derogatory. He enjoyed the name Rusty. And he accepted the name Rusty and loved it. Hmm. And like that's, that's all good. he went by. And I remember one day in 12th grade, we were sitting there, and I was like, hey, What's Rusty's real name? Hmm. And somebody's like, I don't know. Nope. And I was like, anybody know? They're like, no. We literally couldn't think of it. And I was like, how awesome is that? I renamed a dude. That is fantastic. Like, that's pretty cool. That's the best type of nickname, Mike. The one that just sticks, sticks like glue. You don't even know their first name. No, yeah. you don't need to. You're like, you know what? That first name was lame. You got a new mm-hmm. one for you. This is way better, you know? Anyways, I got really sidetracked. Happy birthday to Bono, turning 63, Mike. 63. And you know what? I just decided something. Review of Lifeguard. Wait, what? The 1976 movie. It's coming next week on the show. Get ready, okay. listeners. You're getting a brand new review of a movie that is only, do the math, uh, 47 years old. 
Okay? It's coming. <laughs> All right? It is coming next week. Get excited. Sweet. We'll see how good my review is. If it's great, we might do an opening monologue about it. If it sucks, we'll put it at the end of the show. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Ace Monroe right here on the Doc G Show. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are super happy to be welcoming three-fifths of a fantastic band, Ace Monroe. We have Robbie, we have Josh, and we have Eric. They will be touring around the country. Uh, We've got shows coming up in Alabama. We've got shows coming up in North Carolina over the next two weeks. It is the Summer Heat Tour. Fellas, how's it going? Doing Doing great, man. How are you, man? Doing good. Doing good. So I wanted to give uh, the listeners a little synopsis of your music first. Uh, It's rock and roll. It is banging riffs. It is killer vocals. You have got American rock and roll. That's what you are. American rock and roll. Is is that about right? That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's about right. (laughs) Okay. I, so I thought of a little bit of analogy for your band, and you can you can tell me if this is this is right or not. Uh, have you ever seen the show Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives? Yeah. 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 You you guys remind me. You're like one of the burger places that guy goes to. You, you know, like your music is 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 like that is like that burger. Sure, everybody's had a burger. We all know the ingredients. It's the same ingredients. It's the same product. But for some reason, when you go to this place, it's special. For some reason, <laughs> it's different when you have it here and you got to have it here. Is that is that about what Ace Monroe is, is like? Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. Yeah. 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 I, I like to think it is. I mean, can't go wrong with a good burger. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, both are American. Both are uh, what we do. Uh, It's something that everybody loves. And sure, you can get one that's not that special and still have a good time, but you want that one that just makes you feel special. And that's that's Ace Monroe. That is it. That is it. Thank you. Um, Well, let's let's take it back to the start of the band, which uh, wasn't it wasn't too uh, long ago. And it, it actually started with you, uh, Josh. Uh, you and John uh, met up at yeah. Belmont uh, in, yeah, in Nashville. Is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've we've had a lot of Belmont alums on the show, and it's it's a very musical school known for music. 
Uh, did you think about that when you were going to school there? Was that your plan? I mean, were you thinking, I'm going to go get in a rock band? Or was it, I'm going to go to school for music? Or maybe a little bit of both? Oh, it was it was absolutely, I'm going to be in a rock band. <laughs> I'm going here to meet people to be in a rock band. And I might be here the full year, four years. I might not, kind of thing. <laughs> but I knew I wanted to be here. And I wanted to be in Nashville. And it was a great, like... Like, it was a great jumping-off point, Belmont. So many great people over there. Got to meet so many awesome people. Nice. Nice. Well, now, so, you know, like I said, we've had other folks from Belmont. We've had uh, Josh Turner, uh, country star there, Tammy Rogers from yeah. Steel Drivers, uh, Pete uh, Pete Onspock from Goose. Uh, but all of the artists that we've had from Belmont are, are sort of either country or, like, alt-rock. And, like, I was thinking about you and and John coming together at Belmont, and I was sort of like, I mean, you guys exude the Aerosmith, uh, Rolling Stones, 70s vibes, and I was like, I feel like there weren't, like, 400 other freshmen that were just going through their Aerosmith albums together. Was it, did you guys stick out a little bit, or were there a whole bunch of, of folks just like yourself that loved the same music? Oh, no, absolutely. I think I think we definitely stood out, and I think that's kind of how we found each other, you know? <laughs> well, now, I, I heard he reached out to you on social media, wanting to jam, and I've had this happen before, um, except I don't have your talent. So, and it's a little bit of the opposite. I'm, I'm the, I was the drummer in the band, and so I'd get all these offers because people wouldn't know another drummer, and they'd be like, "Dude, we should jam sometime." And I'd be like, "Oh God, all right." Well, that's what I, I reached out to Jonathan because he was like, like you said, one of the only drummers. He was like, that's really, really killing it over here. What? So. So you you were the excited person. Now yes. was, was he hesitant? Was he like, oh god, this is? He, he admitted to me like a year later that he almost canceled on me day of. Like he did not want to do it. it. Was like, oh, another guy that wants to jam. <laughs> <laughs> he he opened the door that day. He was in like sweatpants and like nice, just like like he woke up from a nap, like <laughs> not wanting to do it. But I'm glad he did. Now, once you guys started that first jam, was it one of those things that it, it, from the start you were like, oh, this is going to work. This is fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first thing I sat down, he, we sat down together and he was like, well, what do you got? And I I had the riff for a song that ended up being gospel. Mm -hmm. So that main lick that was kind of what I pulled out and we both kind of, you know, the vibes were there and we were like playing off each other in a fun way. And we're like, okay, this, this could work. This could be really good. Now, I hear Jack was just hanging somewhere around at that time. Was he in the vicinity in that jam? Yeah, they, they were roommates. Ah, so there you go. There it is. Sitting there hanging out. So, so he, he just, just by the fact of being a roommate, he was like, you know what? I should be a part of this. This, yeah. Yeah. this looks like something I should be a part of. Well, so now let's let's go over to Robbie. Uh, Robbie, you, you had come down to Nashville for music. Uh, yeah. And you were doing all the Nashville things. You were going to Americana Fest. You were going to the Bluebird. Uh, when you first moved to Nashville, how'd the fit feel? How did it feel just going from where you'd been in life, going to Nashville for music? Did it feel like the right thing? Oh, absolutely. It was. Uh, it's interesting because, like, the, I mean, the world I'm in right now. I mean, 
with the band and everything is, is definitely way different, but it's also like, cause there are different like worlds of music in Nashville, which I think is kind of cool. It's like a, it's like a playground, honestly. For young musicians, you walk anywhere. Like I, I remember I used to spend so many nights just going downtown to different places like Printer's Alley and then just kind of walking all over the city and then walk, popping into a bar, seeing a band, whether it was like on Broadway, which is, which you see some of the best session players in the city, or just going into like a local singer-songwriter's rather than seeing somebody that has something to say. Like, it was just really cool. It was it was an adventure, and I thought I could, I wanted to take it all in. Nice. So that was a lot of fun. Now, what, now did you, when you came to Nashville, was it sort of your mindset to be the head of a, a you know, the, the lead singer of a rock band, or was it more like, you were going to, you know, be a singer-songwriter, work on your... What was the idea? In all honesty, I, I had no intention of being in a band. Uh, like, not even a little bit. I, I I was very determined to be a solo artist. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that the... I, I, yeah, I, 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 I thought that the avenue for that was going to be songwriting and stuff. And I was doing that for about, like, three and a half, four months until one day I was auditioning at the Bluebird. For, uh, for an open mic round and one of one of Josh's friends came up to me after and they were like, oh my gosh, I, I, I love your voice, uh, but you're not a singer-songwriter, you're a rock and roll singer. <laughs> and I was like, oh really? Okay, cool. Uh, but <laughs> I, like, I guess I'm in the wrong place. But she, she told me one thing that I had heard so many times before though, I think we've all heard so many times before, so I was really skeptical. She's just like, my friend has a really good band. <laughs> like, you gotta see them. A really good band without a singer. You gotta check them out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, it, it, it had been a lot of fun so far. So I, I, I thought, you know what? I don't know. Like, let's just, uh, let's just see who these guys are. And let's see how they play and let's see what they want to do. And so I took them up on it. They gave me three songs to learn. I think it was, uh, what, what was it? It was traveling band. Yeah. Train kept the rolling, and then uh, what? Same old song and dance by Aerosmith. But nice. I just remember I walked in, and I was just kind of blown away. Mainly about how seriously they took it. It was just like I mean, I don't know. They were all like, except for Josh, they were all like freshmen at the time for the most for the <laughs> most part, and everybody was just like, not only determined and studious, but just talented. And I was just, I was really blown away. I didn't think I was going to be blown away. But then singing, the second I just started like screaming into the mic, I was just like, oh my God, this is <laughs> I was just like, there's something about this. It's like, the power you have with the mic, especially in a band, is just fun. <laughs> like, nice. I don't know. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that friend of yours, Josh, uh, do, you, do you thank her for uh, finding your singer for you? Oh, all the time, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a pretty good sales job. A pretty, a lot of moxie to go up to somebody and be like, yeah, you know what? You're not a singer-songwriter. This is totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what you need to do. Yeah, I've got this band. I can get you in this band today. They are a fantastic fit for you. Like, I would, man, that is, wow. All right, good for her. Good for her. Well, now, let's see. Now, you guys had another basis uh, at the start of the band and like right before, right when you guys were getting started as a band, there happens to be a global pandemic that, uh, stops yeah, that. 
everything. Like, how much did that throw off Ace Monroe's plans there for at least the first couple of months? Yeah, I mean, our our first gig was scheduled for April 30th, 2020. And obviously that didn't happen. (laughs) But um, I think it kind of benefited us a little bit. We just got to, you know, bunker down and write and rehearse and we were rehearsing like twice a week during that whole thing and just, we wrote our first album doing that we got really tight in the band that you know year and a half later we started playing shows and we had a you know year and a half of rehearsal under our belt nice nice a, a forced a forced band camp if you will once uh I've, I've, I've heard it a lot of way that uh, a lot of a lot of bands like that now about two years ago Eric you were the last piece of the Ace Monroe puzzle uh, you come you come on you see an ad in Facebook uh, for Ace Monroe looking for a basis what what drew you in when you saw the ad that you were like you know what I gotta be part of this band well it was part of a um it was part of a, a Facebook group, Men Seeking Men. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just found myself on it. Nice. Uh, just and, randomly. And, yeah, randomly. I don't know I don't know what uh, what was going on that day, but I just happened to be on there. And um, no, it was it was a all jokes that it was a, a Facebook group called Yep, mm-hmm. Young Entertainment Professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in Nashville and you're or you're moving to Nashville, join. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> this happened. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, I was going through. Yep, looking because I was doing work for hired gigs, so I would just pick up shows and go play with people for like you know two or three weekends, and then come back and work at a shoe store in Muscle Shoals for a week, and then go back out and. So I was doing that, um, and so I was on there looking for gigs, and I had just moved to town, and I saw out of all of this list of like country and pop stuff, it was a picture of five guys, and one of them was wearing bell bottoms, which was Jonathan, and I was, it said if you like Aerosmith or the Black Crows or the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin, any of these guys, we're looking for a bass player. And I said, okay, this is meant to be. And I messaged Josh. And then the next morning I got extremely sick. Oh man. Um, And we were supposed to meet. It was like a Monday. I had messaged him and we were going to meet up on Wednesday. And, um, Tuesday morning, I got so sick, and I'd been up here living with some distant family, and I realized that the attic that I was living in had mold in it, black oh. mold. So oh, no. it was making me sick. And so I was like, I have to get out of here and go back, like I'm going back to Muscle Shoals. So I quit the job that I had up here, moved back to Muscle Shoals, basically started from scratch again in Muscle Shoals and had to tell them, hey, I'm sorry, I can't make it Wednesday. I think I said I had a family emergency. You did. You You said you had a family emergency and then you ghosted us. Yeah. And And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get my (laughs) there and I really need to reach back out to these guys. 
We thought you were gone, man. And uh, like, yeah, oh, our only hope. That I, was great. Gone. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, it worked uh, out, Eric. But I mean, I got to be honest. I, I feel like honesty would have been your best path there. You should have been like, guys, I've got an issue with black mold. Give me a little bit here. Well, probably. Um, it would have been so specific, we would have been like that. You can't make that. Up. Yeah, yeah it, probably. But um, I'm just kind of. <laughs> so I just keep on there. Oh yeah, the, the next time we heard from him was not him asking about the band. It was, hey, I'm in Nashville. Can I crash on your couch tonight? No, that was the next. Yeah, nice. that was. I had a gig, and I was like, hey, can I sleep on your? And they were living together at the time. Yeah. That, so. That's that's not the best way to get back into the good graces of the band, Eric. That is not. I mean, I don't know. This is. I still don't know if I'm in good graces with them, honestly. <laughs> Why did he let you stay? I think, yeah, yeah. Me and Robbie had a conversation from the strangers they were Yeah, I mean, it worked out. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? Are we gonna let him stay? He could be the basis. That might work out. We do need a basis. Yeah, let's uh, let him stay on the stay on the couch. That sounds good. That, that was the reasoning. That was that, yeah, completely just <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I mean there was. Definitely, like you hear of moments like like Zeppelin getting in a room together for the first time, and just like it feels like magic. I mean, that was I definitely had a little bit of that the first time that I got together and just ran through a couple of songs with them. You know, I was like, this is what I've been looking for. Screw all these country gigs that I'm getting. That's cool. You know? <laughs> nice. So. Well, I mean, as I mean, you you brought it up. All all sort of you guys are all into the classic rock. It's in the look, it's in the sound. Now, obviously, you have influences that vary between every member. Um, what would you say the most common thread between everybody in the band is? Is it is it Aerosmith? Is it is it the Stones? Who? What band would it be most common? I. I don't know if it narrows down to one band. It more narrows down to the idea of rock and roll versus rock. Mm. If that sense. Like, there's a lot of really Boogie. great rock there. Like, yeah, like the Foo Fighters are an amazing rock band, mm. but the Stones are a rock and roll band. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like that roll is like that bluesy, funky, mm -hmm. make you want to get up and dance kind of thing. Got to be think, a shuffle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all love bands that have that. Less of this and more shaking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I definitely, I definitely get the feel. And uh, I, I was looking. I know it's been a while. You've had it up there for a while on Spotify. It was one of those. It was one of those COVID things. But you guys put a playlist up of each member, and. Yeah. Uh, I was I was taking a look at the individual list and I, I picked out a couple of my favorites on on everybody's list and Robbie I was very very happy to see Bob Seeger Night Moves on the playlist. What tell me what makes Seeger Night Moves so great in your opinion? I mean it's desperate poetry at its best and like it's a it's a, it's a I don't know Seeger is I don't know he speaks to my soul with his with, with, with his rasp. To be mm -hmm. honest, I mean, like everything about him. But honestly, it's desperate poetry. I love. It's just so simple, but it's but like the, but it's so good. And, and honestly, that's my favorite thing about music is when something is so simple, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Granted, it can be too simple, but that I think all most of the great stuff comes down to that. 
can't go wrong with some good Seeger. You can't go wrong, yeah. especially Night Moves. Night Moves is just ah oh, one of my favorites. And you you set off and you wonder, man. Yeah, you, you hear you hear the the distant thunder, makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. Uh, yeah. Eric, you got another favorite seventies from your list. Sister Golden Hair, America. Um, oh yeah. Now I, I've mentioned on this show before. I, I love that album, America Hearts album. Uh, if you go back mm-hmm. and you look at that album, Dan Peaks uh, from America looks exactly like Michael Sarah from Superbad on the front of the album. Just go back and <laughs> check it out for yourself. He looks exactly like that. But what makes you love that uh, that song, Eric? What's so fantastic about Sister Golden Hair? There. There's something. So I have a playlist. Um, and it's called Summer Night Drives with a Nice Girl, circa 1978. Nice. And it is all, it has like a picture of like a, a, a Pontiac Firebird, like mm-hmm. on the front. Yeah, like it's like, it's a whole vibe. But it's, there's just something about like just the, again, I think it's like, it sounds so simple, but when you actually look at it, it's a really, America just had like this really complex way of making things sound simple mm-hmm. and uh, not still Robbie's response but uh, I mean they're just America's just they're one of the greatest acts that was around in the 70s and a lot of people sleep on them for no them. reason uh, but they're mm. there's I love a good I like Yacht Rock some people in the band are not fans of Yacht Rock but um, like the Eagles, like it's just easy going, drive down the road, oh. windows rolled down. Uh, I better not hear, I better not hear a bad word about the Eagles. I, I will, I will not accept, I will not tolerate negativity about Don Henley on this show. That is not, that is oh, not acceptable. Okay. Yeah, okay. the Eagles are awesome. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, now, uh, I got to I gotta mention the two that I picked from the uh, members that are not represented today. Of course, John being the drummer when the levee breaks. Of course, you got to have it on there. That's sort, Iconic. Of, yeah. that's sort of mandatory. You hear that, you, you hear that intro, and it's just like, oh, God, why does it sound so good? Man, that is so amazing. Uh, and then Jack... I, I had to pull one from the the recently departed there, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, Carefree Highway. Oh man, you could put you could put that you could put that on your. I don't know if it's it's a cruising song, but you want to get some seventies like porch sitting. Nothing gets yeah. you there faster than Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's just some good stuff. Now, Josh, I'm going back to Seeger for you, but you got a different Seeger song on yours, Ramblin' yeah. Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. Why, yeah. why, do you, why do you love the jam? Why is that your favorite? Oh, man. I mean, that drum groove that comes off the top, it's just the dirtiest drum sound in the world. And it's just like, that should not work ever. <laughs> like, if you heard that in a studio today, they'd go, what's wrong with this? Like, and they'd <laughs> spend forever fixing it. But it just, it's so perfect. And it's just one of those songs that when you're driving, it makes your foot a little heavier, you know? It is. It is, and uh, I mean, going back to the the Eagles, uh, Glenn Fry was the uh, backup vocals. Well, part of the backup vocals for that song. He did that before he had uh, joined the Eagles. He was actually planning on being Seeger's bassist in his band, 
And then uh, his mom called him smoking uh, pot with Seeger and uh, called it off. Wouldn't allow him to go uh, play with Seeger anymore. So, R.I.P. Glenn Fry as well. Um, now, uh, you guys released your debut album a little over a year ago, Shelter in Place. Um, and the way music uh, is a lot of the times now in the 2020s, you don't see albums. You know, it's 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 singles after singles after EPs, and just sort of repeated, repeated over and over again. Uh, did you think about releasing these songs, sort of a one by one deal, or was it always a goal? Like, hey, we're going in here, we're going to write all of these songs, we're releasing this album. I yeah, I I think it was always like we were just kind of writing and writing and writing during the beginning of quarantine. We were all separated for the first part of it. Yeah, we were all having like you know, FaceTime phone calls, writing. And by the end of it, we had enough songs for like, let's make an album, like what, what, why not, let's do it. Like, And we did everything ourselves on that. Everything, you know, was all made at home, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Either in our little space or in my one bedroom studio apartment. Nice. And, you know, as you know, we were writing, we were like, we, it's kind of turning into a nice little collection of things here, you know, like, be cool to, kind of capture the moment with the album of where we were. Yeah, I think that we didn't really, like we didn't preemptively do it. It was just as we were writing the songs, once we got a certain amount, we were just like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. like you said, why not? Let's just do it. <laughs> nice. Now, well now, I think it's a little bit easier to do this when it's it's a band instead of a single artist because single artists writing the songs, it's obviously just comes from that single artist. And so, uh, every single song is basically their favorite. But I think when a band, you can sort of choose favorites because of different things in them. So uh, between the three of you, let's start with Eric. What's your favorite song on the album, Eric? What's what's the one you dig the most? Ooh. Um, I really love gospel. Mm. Um, that was kind of... Yeah, that's... I know I, I got lucky and you <laughs> me first. Um, I think gospel is just it's there's something about that riff that just like it pulled Jonathan in when he first jammed with Josh. Yeah, it what pulled me in when they sent me, hey, this is the type of music like, see what you can do with it and come in and audition. It's got it's uh, it's got that role. It's definitely yeah, got it that role. And I, I think that it, it just it adds a lot of room for me to play around um, and I still get to play around with it every time we play it um, it's an awesome awesome song to play thanks to nice so gospel. personally that's my favorite for that reason gospel alright Josh what you got I don't want to say the same thing you can say the I same thing gospel is such like a mission statement of the band you know with the what we were going for in that, but I'll I'll say something different. I'll go with I'll go with Ghost. Okay. Uh, because there's just something that's so fun about that song live, and I I think ultimately a rock and roll band is about a live performance, you know. Oh yeah. And songs translate really well live, and Ghost is definitely one of those, you know. I like it. I like it. All out, you know, going for it kind of songs. Nice. Live. Nice. Well, Robbie, are you gonna go? Are you gonna go the same, or are you gonna choose something different too? I, I, I'll choose something different. It, it's interesting because 
we've been writing so much recently that like I have to re-go over them in my head. I'm trying to remind myself of what that album has. On yeah. it. And um, I, honestly, it's a, it's gonna, it's, I'm, I was gonna say, I, what? Yeah, I was, I was honestly about to say that. Actually, <laughs> no, um, just because it's so uncharacteristic of what the rest of the album is, I, I. I like what the side of that jaded shows of us. Mm. Uh, I like that. Um, yeah. A little, kind of a right. little turning of the leaf. I like it. A little, yeah. A little different side. That's nice. All right. Well, three different, three different choices. You could have all. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it down though. You could have all chose gospel. I understand. It's uh. Oh yeah. You could have all gone with, the, with the mission statement. Um, well, speaking of albums, you guys opened for, uh, Jared James Nichols, uh, at his album release party. Uh, and we just had we him, did, yeah. we had him on the show. Fantastic fella there. Uh, how, oh, he's a bad, yeah. how, how'd the album great, party go? I haven't heard that. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, it was over. Yeah. He had a lot of really cool folks come out and play with him and, um, that we got to meet and, um, I mean, it was packed, and everybody was excited to hear new music, and you know, especially come with from Jared because he's just he's one of the nicest dudes ever. Like yeah. he's like this yeah. huge burly like biker looking dude, and then he walks in, he's like, "Oh, how's it going, guys?" Like you know, <laughs> yeah. just like this is the chillest guy, big teddy bear. Uh, yeah. So just you know, it was it was a huge hangout. Like it was literally just a huge hangout for all the entire rock community in Nashville. Um, and everybody just came out and, and hung out and listened to great music. And Nice. It was fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there were smiles everywhere. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's a classic mix of his giant size and his Wisconsin upbringing. You just... Yeah. <laughs> He's very, su- he's surprisingly a giant. Like, the first thing that tipped me off was I was, like, looking at a picture uh, of him playing, and I was just like, why does that guitar look so small? Is that, right. like, a yeah. mini guitar? And then all of a sudden I see him beside somebody else, and I'm like, oh, no, it's a giant person. That's yeah. that's yeah. what's going on there. You should, we, uh, we filmed some promotion uh promotional videos for that show oh it's funny and he showed up in i think it was his wife's car yeah and it was it's very small it's like a <laughs> very small tv and he shows up and he's like bent over <laughs> to like look out of the like the front window and he like drives by and he's flicking us off as he's bent over yeah. and driving by and it's Looks, we all were like but not laughing because it's this huge dude, a tiny car. Looks like a clown car. He steps out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a Mini Cooper for anybody else. Uh, yeah, pretty much. The first time I saw him, I was like, you can play for the Packers, man. Yeah. He definitely, and I mean, you know, it's uh, he's getting bigger. We talked about it on the show. He's all he's all about his cranking Iron Man. That's what he's into is... is lifting all the time him and zach wild who's zach wild i'm just uh i'm frightened of how shredded that guy's gotten recently but <laughs> my gosh but uh I, what do you think josh as far as his uh his finger style that is wild oh yeah it hurts my right hand just to think about yeah i i ask him how hard those fingers like are 
Like he and yeah. he, he said, ba- I was like, you should start doing like party tricks where you just like light your finger on fire and you don't feel it. Yeah. Like it's crazy, man. Yeah, and it's crazy. But let, let's talk about the the newest music coming out, Summer Heat. Uh, just a feel good song, ode to a great season. In fact, just last week on the show. Uh, we talked about how great summer was. That's what we opened the show with, was talking about how awesome summer is. Uh, tell me a little bit about the creation of this song as far as uh, Summer Heat, where it started, uh, and uh, how it came together. Um, well, that's a, what was it, last April? April of 2022? Yeah. So, yeah, just about a year ago, mm-hmm. um, we all went to North Carolina for a little bit, had a cabin out there, spent a few days writing. And it was like, we were there for four days. And the first three days, we sat there hitting our heads against the wall. Like, please, a song come out. Please, a song come out. <laughs> and then we just started joking around, having fun. And we were all just, you know, making jokes and hanging out. And then all of a sudden, like, summer heat poured out in, like, maybe 15 minutes. Nice. <laughs> this is also like 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. yeah. We're slap happy. Yeah. We're, we had been working for three days straight and we were just like tired and delirious and we just were like, right? Let's just see what comes out. And Summer Heat came yeah. out and we were like, whoa, that's. Everybody had yeah, like little phrases that yeah. they had been collecting and they never really seemed to form into anything cohesive. But then we just started throwing them at the wall and see what stuck. And we were throwing out things we saw on billboards and the drive over and like, you know, just a bunch of random things we had all collected. And they kind of, we all sat down and looked at it for some hands like, oh, maybe, maybe this song's just about summer. Nice. We just stopped thinking and just started. Yeah. Nice. Well, now, was that, uh, once uh, once you came up with the song, was that the same? I'm guessing it wasn't the same trip that you actually did the promo videos for Summer uh, Heat at the beach. No, 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 no. Well, now, was that North Carolina uh, that you did that with or another uh, state? That was actually done in Florida. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Jack and I are from Florida. We're from down there. Very so. nice, very nice. What uh, was that? Uh, Saint Augustine? Where was that in Florida? Um, that was Jupiter. Oh, it's, it's oh, going down there. a little bit further south. Nice. Now, now yeah. I'm guessing you're getting a lot of side eyes from folks on the beach wearing your uh, rock gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, pretty fun to say the least. Nice. We, uh, from to finish, like we would, we got got out of the car and everybody were like. We're in Florida, and it's like a lot of golf cart. It's like a golf cart type community yeah. where this was, and so it was a lot of people like, "What is going on? Like, who are these people?" Yeah. And then as we're walking down the beach, there's like ladies with their phones out, like above <laughs> us, and like we had a couple people come up to us, like, "Why are you out here in jeans?" <laughs> what's going on? You're in like a dress shirt right now. Like, what? You know, it's. You were like, we're we're rock stars. That's why. Yeah, I think we were in this shirt, weren't you? No, no, no it, it was, was different. Yeah, different. But man, yeah, it was a lot of like. <laughs> now <laughs> what is happening? 
going on, you know. Now, did instead of wearing the normal rock and roll gear, did anybody in the band propose like breaking out the banana hammocks for the summer heat promo? <laughs> just going all the way with it. You haven't seen the uh, the the cover art yet. Nice. The album. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen Amorica by Black Crows, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, going that rap. way. That cover of the single, yeah. Yeah, with Robbie, and it's wow. <laughs> Go, going the blonde, uh, the blonde version instead. I like it. All right. A little different from America. Okay. Well, they, they got in trouble, you know, for the Browns. We yeah. hear the <laughs> <laughs> It'll work a little bit different. Well, now, uh, before we derail too much, well, since we sort of derailed from music a little bit, I wanted to ask you guys just a couple of non-music-related uh, questions before uh, we get off of here. Um, first, I, uh, I gotta ask, uh, I gotta ask Robbie, uh, how are Harry and Dobby doing? How do you know about my cats? <laughs> Just a little social media digging, Robbie. Just a little oh social God, media they digging. Are, no, uh, they are, <laughs> they are phenomenal. I yes. just left them an hour ago. They are. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they're very spoiled. A tabby and a and a and an all black cat. Two of my favorites. Yeah. Two of my favorites. My girlfriend wanted a witch cat. I love it. I love it. Also, well, fun fact: Dobby and Harry, but not like Harry Potter, like you would think. Robbie, you want to explain this one? <laughs> this isn't important. <laughs> <laughs> Before we got Dobby, he was the, 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 uh, Harry was always like escaping from places. I was like, God, he's like Houdini. He was disappearing, and then we got Dobby, and then I was just like, Oh, coincidentally, it's Harry and Dobby. N- Nice. Harry Potter. I like. Hey, I like. I like that better than some kind of of Harry Potter uh, generic name. That's much better when Thanks. it's not related. Uh, now, Josh, take me back to 2019. Uh, you getting a signed guitar okay. from one and only Joe Perry of Aerosmith. I got to know how this yeah. this sort of went down there. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've always been a huge fan, you know. They were my first concert ever when I was 14. Um, and, uh, you know, I hadn't seen them since 2014. And they don't tour very often, but now they are going back out now. Peace out tour, cool. yeah. Tour. Peace out, yeah. But um, in 2019, they had just announced their Vegas stuff. And um, uh, Joe Perry does this thing called the Guitar Off My Back Ticket. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad surprised me with them um, um, when they went on sale. And it's one of those things that Joe Perry doesn't really promote, but they're kind of there, if you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I got to meet him, and he's the nicest guy in the world, super down to earth. Got to hang out with him for like 20 minutes back in his dressing room. I remember waiting in the hallway for his like production manager to pull us in. And I looked over, I could see like Tom Hamilton warming up, playing Sweet Emotion, and hear Steven Tyler scatting and warming up its vocals before the show man and then yeah joe uh joe was just a nice guy in the world mm. super cool dude that in charge that's who ended up it's on the album it's on shelter in place and it's on a lot of the new music we're working on awesome so it gets used very often awesome i will say and this is this is no slight to joe but he sort of is like the opposite of, of jared uh when i saw him in that video it's like wow Joe's a lot smaller than I thought. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you know, then no, no slide to him, but I was just like, man, that is, that is the opposite after I've been looking like, at Jared. Yeah. A lot of those seventies rock stars kind of are, you know? Yeah. I think back then it was all the guys that didn't get in the sports, you know? That's, <laughs> that is, I, I, uh, we had Bishop Gunn on the show and they did, uh, they did a, um, show with the stones. They opened for the Rolling Stones and that's what like. That's what they they said when they lined up for the picture. They're like, man, these guys are smaller than I thought. <laughs> way down yeah. there. Well, um, Eric, first off, congratulations on being engaged. It's fantastic. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. He got engaged back in October. I got to ask, when is the wedding? And is Ace Monroe going to play at the wedding? Okay, so the wedding is... October 8th of 2024. Nice. Uh, and no, Ace Monroe is oh. not going to play at the wedding. Um, but they will be in it. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. You, is is that... not know that we're playing the wedding yet. Yeah. Is he that... not it yet, but we're playing Well, I was about to say, is that were you just trying to be nice, Eric? Do you just not want to have them work at your wedding? Or... Like Jordan's heard enough of it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm. I'm pretty sure. No, she is. Um, she one hundred percent. She's. She's a fan. Like she's even. She's told me like, hey, worst comes to worst, and this ever ends up not working out, I'm still gonna listen to the music and come to the show. That <laughs> you're gonna have to see me all the time. So you're either gonna make this work, or you know. So that you know, she's. That would be really awkward if that actually was the case. Is that? Yeah. Is that your ex-wife? Yeah. yeah, she's still here. She loves our tunes. What can you do? Jeez, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, it would be something. But, we yeah, we know I mean, that's not gonna happen. We know that's not gonna. Yeah, happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Not going. Yeah, not not going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she's she's one hundred percent like the biggest supporter in the world, um, and. You know, I I wouldn't be up here full time being able to work with these guys and you know do what I do without her pushing me. You know, nice. So. That being said, we are playing the wedding. Tickets would be ten dollars. They'll go on sale. Yes. Or, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm. Bi- I don't normally go to weddings. I have a hard stance <laughs> that I don't like weddings, but that wedding I will attend simply because Ace Monroe is going to be playing. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, well, got- I'm going to see if I haven't sent the email yet, but okay. I was going to see if Jared would play the wedding with Ace Monroe, and I was going to see if he would play bass to fill in for me. There it is. So I didn't have to work. I like it. I like it. Thinking ahead. Be, you know, Yeah, that would be a lot for could, sure. Could you imagine Jared playing bass? Yeah, it would just like... <laughs> it would be... He's just going to be back there just looking like a Hulk of a man, just funky bass the whole time. I love it. I love it. Guys, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you guys for coming on the show today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. For sure. Listeners, make sure you check out everything Ace Monroe at their website, acemonroe.com, or on social media at Ace Monroe Band. Right now, let's take a listen to Foolin' It Up right here on the Doc G Show.
Here on the Doc G Show, Ace Monroe right there, uh, rock and roll, Mike, explaining the difference between rock and rock and roll. Got to have that roll, that boogie, that mm. shake. That's what Ace Monroe has that a rock band doesn't have. I like the description. Their, their explanation yeah. of that makes sense to me. I enjoy it. And I also enjoy their taste of 70s music, Mike, as you know. That's a fact. Big fan. Big fan. Mike, I want to thank him for being on the show. Thank you. Um, but we need to move to a very important topic. A new segment. Yes. A segment known as the Mike C Top 3. Woo! Mike C Top 3. Woo! Oh, Nice. Nice, Mike. Uh, this week, your idea was the top three sports memorabilia items that yes. we could get, right? The, yeah. What you could find, and this was anything, not that we have. You have unlimited money. Right. Yeah, you can buy anything you want, Any, as long as it exists. Anything that we want. And so, uh, yeah, I have got my list. I'm sure you do, too. Um, do you have any honorable mentions, Mike? Um, no, I don't. Okay. Um, actually, okay, no, no, no. I do have an honorable mention. This would be a big one. I, this might be in your top, but I'll throw it out there anyways. The uh, Last Dance Michael Jordan red uh, finals jersey. Mm. That'd be sick. Mm, close. Yeah. Close. It's. It, yeah. I, I have two things that are very similar, but uh, not, okay. not that. Okay. Um, okay. Mike, I have an honorable mention, and then I'll do my number three since this is your list. Okay. 
we'll do your number one last. Um, honorable mention, Shattered Backboard Jordans. Don't know if you ever heard of these. So the Shattered Backboard Jordans are a pair of game-worn shoes that he wore in an exhibition game in Italy in the summer of 1985. Jordan went up, he broke the backboard, and apparently in these shoes, a piece of glass got lodged in the sole of the shoe from where he broke that backboard. And they literally went on the market in 2020. They sold, I think, for $700,000 or somewhere around there. Yeah. But game-worn shoes. And as far as I know, I could be wrong. I think that's the only backboard Jordan has ever broken in a game as far as, like, with the dunk. So, there you go. Very. That's pretty cool. Very elusive. Very elusive. Yeah. Now, my number three... Um, upper deck. This this is sort of it exists, but it would need to be put together, right? Hmm. So upper deck sports cards. Right after Jordan uh, finished that that nineteen ninety eight season, and they beat the the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Upper deck bought the whole court that Michael Jordan won the last finals game on. They bought the whole Utah Jazz court. Like, all of the wood. And uh, they spent a million dollars on it. They bought it for a million dollars. Now, I know they split a little bit of it into 23 little spots that they had in these little, like, memorable card deals. Uh, You can find, like, I found one of those that's for sale. It's signed, and it's for sale for, like, $15,000 now, which actually I was like, yeah, it's not that bad. But... I want the exact spot where Jordan shot his last shot from. Mm, yeah. I want that whole spot. Like just a yeah. like a, a three foot circle and I want it in my house. And I want to just have my feet on that at all times in the morning. And I wake up and I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm shooting it. This is my last shot. Right here. This is it. That's what I want, Mike. That's uh, that is such an awesome answer. That's uh, I I want that one. I want that one. That is such a good three. That's a good three, Doctor. Uh, um, wow. Your number three, Mike. Um, okay, so my number three would be. Uh, so I'm gonna go in order of value here. Okay. Not in order. I bet. So it would be definitely game worn Shaq Gnosis. Uh, preferably 95 finals. Nice. Um, so a pair from the 95 finals, that would be sick. Uh, yeah, I mean, just if you, you know, beautiful get, shoe. If you could get cool the duo, if you could get the, the Shaq Gnosis and the pennies both signed. Mm, yeah. That would that'd that'd be, would just be an Orlando uh, awesome fest right there. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, that would look sick. That would be phenomenal. Would sick. I did love those pennies, too. The first pennies, yeah. those penny ones were dope. They were nice. Yeah. I don't think he had those in 95, though. I'm pretty, in 95, he was wearing the uh, the Nikes. Uh, yeah. Not like the actual pennies. He was wearing the, I forget what the name of them were, but I like those a lot, too. They're the ones that had the little holes on the side. I forget the names of them. Hmm. Um, the up-temp- no, not the up-tempos. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, fi- I'll, the th- I'll think of it. Yeah. My number okay. two. My number two 
Steve Prefontaine's original Nike Oregon waffles. So, mm. you know, Steve Prefontaine was pretty much, you could say, the the person that started Nike. I mean, he didn't start the idea of Nike. He was the first person that was a, a, a sponsor or a, an endorser of Nike. He wore the product, right? He was the best mm-hmm. runner on the team, and his coach, Bill Bowerman, was the guy that started making the shoes. And so, you know, Steve was one of his main focuses as far as making these shoes because he was the best guy on the team. So right. these are out there. I want to say they sold like I want to say they sold the last time they were on auction for like three hundred thousand dollars or something like that. But uh, like I mean, you could you could sort of original. You could say these are like the you know the the real deal like original first ever owned Nikes. There they are. Yeah. So I just looked it up uh, on on the Sotheby's, Sotheby's Steve Prefontaine's personal and worn Nike Oregon waffle sneakers. Uh, the uh, estimate is that they're going to go for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Not only oh no, I'm sorry, they're not reselling. That was after it had closed. They didn't make it to. Uh, they actually sold for cheaper than I thought. Sold for a cheap $163,800. Oh, come on. Basically nothing, Mike. Basically nothing. Yeah, seriously. I, I wonder if Nike bought those. I mean, I don't know if they they mentioned who bought it, but like, wouldn't you think Nike would want that sort of piece of history? Maybe they have even cooler history that I don't know about, but you'd think they'd want yeah, that to put somewhere. Yeah, you would somewhere. think like they would have some kind of Nike museum uh-huh. somewhere and you would put that in uh-huh. there, yeah. Anyways, Mike, you're number uh-huh. two. My number two would be uh, Michael Jordan flu game shoes, the uh, original breads. He, um, well, you you definitely know the story, but uh, he signed them after a game, gave them to a Utah Jazz ball boy, and then they, I think, sold in 2017, I think, for a hundred thousand. Mikey, that uh, Mike, that. that's 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 my number one. That's I'm not even. Gonna, that was your number that's, one. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my number one. I mean, it's just one of the. The greatest, uh, the greatest moments, the greatest overcoming moments of basketball history. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're just iconic. Those black and yeah. reds, you just know them from anywhere. Um, yeah. No, I can't, I can't say anymore. And it's like you said, uh, they, um, they, they exist. They sold for, I want to say like, Six fifty or seven hundred thousand when they were sold, it might have gone over a million. I can't remember the last time they sold. Ah, okay. But I thought for some reason I thought it was like he sold them originally. The ball boy actually sold them for a hundred k, but that could have been totally could have been. But I mean, I I mean, I know he he. If they resold though, he would they would definitely go for a lot more than that. But uh, I mean, they 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 sold just I want to say just recently. Like it was like 2022 or something like that. Let's yeah. see. According to uh, so this was so back in 2013. That was when they 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 sold by the former ball boy. Former ball boy in 2012 sold them for 104,765 dollars. Uh, okay. Hmm. Anyways, anyways, Mike, I'll find it. 
I'll find it. We'll 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 pull it up at some other time. You know what? Follow up. Follow up, Mike. Follow up. I'll, I'll have it next week. We won't waste any more okay. time. Uh, Mike, what is your number one? So my number one would be a uh, Babe Ruth jersey. Game worn Babe Ruth jersey. Now, I couldn't quite decide between his 1920 jersey or there was another jersey that was auctioned off that he wore between 1928 and 1930. Now, I would want the 1928 to 1930 if he used the jersey for two years. I'm like, whoa, that would be awesome. You know, if he yeah. only used the jersey for one year in 1920, that'd be cool, but I would probably want the two-year Warren version uh, more. So yeah, Babe Ruth jersey mm. would be so sick. I, I, did, I didn't see that coming, Mike. Nope. I did yeah, not see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We have unlimited money, Doc G, so I'm gonna go like, I'm gonna like, you know, I was gonna say Babe Ruth hat, but then I was like, nah, Jersey would be way cooler. That's, I mean, it would definitely be cool. That's cool. I mean, did you yeah. did you see how much it, uh, like, how much some have have sold for in the past? Hmm. The jerseys, uh, Babe Ruth jerseys, I was like over a million, like over like something like that. Yeah. Like, You've got over, that right. What the, the money to pay for it, right? You know, oh, absolutely okay. not. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Multiple lifetimes, but yeah, it would be uh You'll get there. Yeah. Put it right beside the associate's degree. Here's my yeah. <laughs> and and you can let people know when they come in. You're like, this led to that, guys. This yeah. led to that. <laughs> it's all thanks to is all thanks to the dissociates degree. Now, can we say that if I had my lifeguard certification up there instead of the associate's degree? That that wouldn't have happened? Mm. I don't know. It could have. Maybe there'd be five jerseys instead of one. I don't know. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> but regardless, Mike, we're going to have a review on Lifeguard. That's for sure. It's coming. So, so true. get ready, listeners. Okay. Uh, there we go. Mike, do you have our, our uh, topic for next week? Yeah. I'm actually going to go with um, in uh, honor of our guest last week barry kirch yeah i decided to go with top three books top three top three books, books. okay yeah of all time Barry just... kirch was a reader of all time yeah you're like i liked it, uh, tim ferris your most gifted books so you Woo. have like top three books that uh, that's gonna be hard man yeah. that's gonna be hard there's the yeah there's a lot of faves in there there's a lot of faves. yeah I feel like yeah. you're gonna go with uh, nonfiction. Oh yeah, all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, all right. That's all I read. I mean, so I, don't know. I got into all kinds of literature when I was uh, younger. Used to love to go down the old rabbit holes of literature. I mean, you know, basically I started reading just as uh, being forced to in school. So you know, that's pretty mm -hmm. much what I was reading for. Sure. for. So so true. Uh, uh, most of my favorite books actually came through that. Uh, a lot of them were okay. just forced reads, and I was like, you know what? That's pretty awesome. That was a jam <laughs> of a book right there. So, anyways, Mike, fa favorite books, top three books. Listeners, get yeah. your top three books out there. I think listeners might know if they are really avid Doc G uh, listeners, they will know my uh, top book. They've heard it multiple times on the show. So, um, yeah. Maybe even top two books. I mentioned my top two favorite books, but I'll have to review. I'll have to make sure. Anyways, okay. Mike, we've got one more birthday suit. 
you are one for two this week. I think you can do it. Right now you are uh, 29 and a half out of 52. I think we can okay. make it 30 and a half out of 53. Hmm. Let's do it. Wait, is that right? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> 55. 55, not not uh, 53. That's uh, I was I was totally because we started off at twenty eight and a half out of fifty one fifty four. I'm dumb. There we go. Anyways, Jeez. don't worry, listeners. We'll always keep the statistics straight. We'll get it there. I've got the people from <laughs> Lawn Starter uh, working on it right now. Uh, anyways, okay, here we go, Mike. Uh, born on May tenth, nineteen seventy eight, in Columbus, Ohio. Our birthday suit wearer's family moved to Atlanta. When he was just nine months old, he started acting at a very young age. His mom put him in acting lessons when he was five. As a child, he was cast on the show All That on Nickelodeon for five seasons. And then he had his own show with Kel Mitchell. In 1997, he, the, the two of them starred in a cult classic, Good Burger. In 2003, he joined the cast of Saturday Night Live and was the first cast member to be born after the 1975 premiere of the show. In 2014, sketch, uh, the head sketch writer said, to put our birthday suit wear reacting to something in a script will get it more laughs. Put him in your sketch somewhere, anywhere, and your sketch will be better. Lauren Michael said he is the person I most rely on in the cast. Our birthday suit wearer is known for his impressions of Al Sharpton, Whoopi Goldberg, Bill Cosby, Charles Barkley, Steve Harvey, and David Ortiz. He has spent 20 years on SNL, and in 2022, he passed 1,500 sketches on SNL that he has participated in. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Was it, uh, is it Keenan Ivory Wayans? Keenan. What's the last name? Uh, Not Wayans. Keenan Ivory. Uh, Keenan. You know his last Thompson? name. Keenan Thompson. There you go. Yes. Okay. Keenan Thompson. Don't worry. I'll cut it out. Um, yes. Keenan Thompson, man. Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson. 20 years. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a yeah, that's a long time. Saturday night live for sure. That's a long time. That's wild, man. And I mean, you know, I think you I want to say did you put him I think you put Keenan Thompson on your top 3 cast members when we did the top 3 cast members of Saturday night live. Either that or you did an honorable mention of him. One of the one of the two. Yeah, I think so. You yeah. know? How could you not? Yeah. But like, well, like that's the thing is like I mean, no offense to him, like I do love a lot of his skits. Uh, like I love Steve Harvey when he acts like Steve Harvey. It's hilarious. But and they're right. Anytime he makes a reaction, if you just throw him up there, m making his you know looking at something, uh, reacting to it, it's gonna be funnier. But like I mean, just the fact that he's been there for fifteen hundred sketches. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, to have that, too, to have that, you know, be your sort of defining factor on a show with everybody that's been on Saturday Night Live, you know, Bill Murray, uh, Chevy Chase, Chris Farley, Will Ferrell, all of these monsters of comedy, and you are the guy that's been there the longest. That's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. That's wild. 
Nah. Happy birthday to Keenan Thompson. And only, he's only turning 45, man. Say what? Wow. He's got yeah. plenty of time to, yeah. He could be on there another 20 years. For sure. This is yeah. wild. Happy birthday to Keenan, man. Happy birthday. Mike, we need to wrap it up for this week, but we do have some fantastic shows coming up. My goodness. Next week, we have the fantastic Andrew Hagar on the show. My goodness. Andrew's got a new uh, single, new album out. He's got the the, uh, album Systematic Minds. Systematic Minds coming out there. It's fantastic. He's got a great life story. Can't wait to talk to him. But for now, Mike, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Fernicus Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo da.